Arizona sports. Kevin Durant. Watch the latest on KD to the Suns with Burns and Gambo. Five o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo show. Happy Tuesday to you. Welcome back in. We're live from the Auction Community Studios, though Gambo is working from home today. He'll be back with us tomorrow. Karen Burns and Gambo. He's on the air. Right, Gambo? You're still on the I'm air. I'm here. Okay, good. I'm, I'm, I'm here. No, Man, it sounds like you I'm weren't doing the show today. today. Yeah, you're just working from home, but you're there. I'm at home. I'm just I am working from home today. Yeah, it's I'm perfect. working from home. Um boy, the Kevin Durant son story got a much Boost. needed jolt in the arm yesterday. Yes. It got, it got boosted yesterday for sure with the news that Kevin Durant gave an ultimatum to the owner of the Brooklyn Nets. Either you trade me or you fire the GM and the coach. And, and that's going to be that. And, and it's, it's even still saying it a day later. It just sounds right. so, man, trade me or fire the GM and the coach. That's that. And Joe Sy, the owner of the Nets, responded on Twitter, quote, our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make the decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets, close quote. Now, yesterday in his reporting of this, and Sham Sharani was all over it from The Athletic, he initially mentioned three teams that were still in this. The Suns were not among those three. I'll get back into that in a second, what Shams had to say about it, but I'm much more interested to have Gambo tell everybody what he sort of found out about where things stand now with the Suns and Kevin Durant, because certainly this whole story did get a little bit of a boost in the last 24 hours. What'd you find yeah, out? There's no question. The, the Suns have not had serious engagement with the Nets at this point for the simple reason, and I've said this several times, that the Suns have always been told that you don't have enough. You don't have enough. You don't have enough to make a deal. From the second they said they don't have interest in DeAndre Ayton, the Suns didn't have enough to satisfy the Nets' desire for what they needed for a trade. Now, they're not the only ones, okay? The Nets have shut down all of the teams that they have spoken with. Obviously, the June 30th was, I want to get out of there. We're at August 9th right now. He hasn't been traded. It's obvious they've shut down all of the teams they've spoken with. At this point right now, the Suns are just going to wait to see if the Nets will re-engage or not. Maybe they'll re-engage. Maybe they won't. And that's how they'll have to play it. And and look, are they still interested in Kevin Durant? Of course they are. You know, we said when people, remember when people started ruling out the Suns? Like, well, that was the stupidest thing I ever heard of. of course you don't it was. yourself out of it. Yeah, no. But there was like a, like a few weeks ago, it was like, the Suns are out of it. No, they're not. Yeah. Like the Suns, like the, the Suns will be in it as long as the Nets, you know, don't have a trade partner. All of the teams are in it. Everybody, anybody wants Kevin Durant can still, you know, what if the Suns go back? Hey, I was able to find two more first round draft picks for you. I traded Jay Crowder. I got a first. I traded Dario. I got a first. And now I'm going to give you, you know, those picks instead of my picks because they're better. Like there's just so many things that could happen, which is why you're never out of it. So now it's just a matter of, you know, will the Nets re-engage the Suns in, in some conversa- conversations. They've had conversations, just not serious enough to the point where you know any deal's been talked about because the Suns clearly have not had what the Nets wanted. No, they haven't. And and like, but as you so astutely pointed out, nobody has. Nobody has had what the, the Nets have wanted. Otherwise, Kevin Durant no. would be on that team now. And so far, no one's been able to meet that sky high asking price for him. What Shams had reported yesterday, and this is a direct quote from his article on The Athletic. The Celtics, Raptors, and Miami Heat
Heat remain the most significant candidates to acquire Durant, with Boston's package centering around all-star forward Jalen Brown seen as a viable deal. Cy and the Nets have made it clear privately that they will take every last asset from a team that trades for Durant, sources said, close quote. Shams went on Pat McAfee's show today, added a little clarification to it. He said it wasn't trying to live, leave Phoenix off the list. Could Phoenix still come up with some kind of a package around Mikhail Bridges and four, five, six first-rounders to go send another team and try to get back in this race? Because once DeAndre Ayton had his contract offer sheet from Indiana, that four-year, $133 million deal, once it was matched by Phoenix, it really created a position for, for Phoenix. They didn't have many assets besides McCurr Bridges and a bunch of draft picks. And so we'll see where Phoenix, it, it's it, to me, they are still very, very far behind from the rest of the pack. Um, but really, those are the three or four teams that I think can make, still poses a serious threat for Kevin Durant. Hmm. But what do you make of that? I well, mean, they're behind everybody, but you know, I, but the, you're not out of it. I no, mean, clearly they're, they're not out of it. The Nets haven't eliminated anybody. I think the Nets still have to go to every team and just say, "Look, make your best offer. Make your best offer." I know for a fact. I know for a fact that there are teams out there that have looked at, you know, how do you make a three way trade work? How do you make a four way trade work? I, you know, I, I reported earlier that the Jazz trying to get Mitchell to the Knicks and you know have have had discussions on three and four team. Trade trade possibilities and how can you make that work and the sun should be doing the same thing how how can we put you know somebody should be there putting together a trade packages that include more than just two teams because that may be the only way to get it to work it might be uh here's here's what i think and maybe i'm way off on this but i i tend to think now that at least the perception around the league is going to be that the nets have to move kevin durant now whether that's true or not let's, let's just pretend for a second that it is that everything that's happened in the last 24 hours have put the nets in a position where they feel like okay we have to move them now because we've backed the coach we've backed the gm oh and and we can't have kevin and Durant coexisting on the same team as those two guys. Okay. If you believe that, then I think it's also true that teams will make less than their best offers now for Kevin Durant because they're going to sense that desperation. They're going to sense that, hey, you're backed into a corner, Joe. You're backed into a corner, Sean. You're, you're that big pie in the sky deal you thought you were going to get for KD. You're not getting that now because the whole league knows you have to, you have to move them. I wonder if in sort of this recalibrated market for Kevin Durant if the Suns offer is going to start to look better to the Nets, you know? Like now when teams start offering less because they think the Nets are going to be desperate to move them, if the Suns offer suddenly is going to have a little bit more of appeal to the Nets because it 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 ends up being by default the best one because everybody else is like, oh man, you have to move them. All that stuff you thought you were going to get from us, we're not giving it to you now. We're not doing it. I don't know. That's just one of the... And then also factored into this is Durant himself and and what does his list look like no one's reported on that there we just the reports we have on Durant's list are a month old and the, it, it was the Suns and it was the Heat has that list expanded has it contracted is it just the Suns are there six teams on the list I mean that's probably the most important element to the story where does Kevin Durant want to go where is he willing to go because I think that's a very crucial part of all of this yeah and, and like a I can't. You can't just say I can only go to one team because then that team has all the leverage. They're not going to give you anything. Look, it works. You know the Nets have to get back a good enough package to trade them, but Durant also doesn't want to go to a team and have the whole team depleted of players. So I think that there has to be three or four teams that he'll go to. No, he doesn't have. 
he doesn't have that no trade clause and he can't block the trade right I mean he can't he's not Eric Hosmer who can block a trade you know to go to the Washington uh, Nationals and instead nope. ends up with the Reds he doesn't have uh, that ability in that four years he's owed four years at 198 million dollars or 190 somewhere over uh, 190 four, million dollars four years 198 yeah that's it. okay 198 over four years I don't know that he's got the ability to say you can only send me to one team I'm only going to play for them because if that team knows that they're not going to give the Nets anything they want then the Nets are you know now I got to kind of like if I can't trade you I might just have you sit and wait it out and not play we talked about this yesterday what's what's the option that the Nets don't trade them because there's still not a good enough offer out there and he gets training camp starts and they're like look just stay home stay home until we trade you and at that point, maybe Durant then increases the amount of teams that he would be willing to go to and makes it easier for a trade. Maybe, maybe. And there's part of me, honestly, that suspects what you had just said a second ago is what's been going on all along. That Kevin Durant only wants to go to the Suns. The Suns know Kevin Durant only wants to go to the Suns. And the Suns' offer has reflected that. Or at least the Suns' conversations with the Nets have offered that, have, have reflected that. that. That Hey, look, you know, we know, he knows, we all know. He only wants wants to come here, and so because of that, we're not even going to come close to making our best offer to you, because we know at the end of the day, we feel like you're going to have to give him what he wants, because he's Kevin Durant, and that's how this league works. Now, I know there's a risk in approaching it like that, but I just, uh, there are some who believe that's exactly what's been going on this entire offseason. Look, if I'm I'm Sean Marks and I make a bad trade, I'd be worried about my job, but if the owner comes to me and says, just make the best trade you can, I'm not going to fire you over, just make the best trade you can make, well then you just, you, you do what the owner says, you make the best trade that you can, even though you know it's you know it's not going to look good on you. If the owner's backing you and tells you that's what you have to do, then that's what you have to do. When we come back, Kevin Durant has put the Nets in a very precarious position. Could Brooklyn call Katie's bluff and do exactly that? Come play, because we're not trading you. We'll talk about it coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports. Kevin Durant. Watch. The latest on KD to the Suns with Burns and Gambo. It's been interesting and probably not surprising as we welcome you back to the Burns and Gambo show to see some of the pushback after Kevin Durant's big ultimatum day yesterday after the news broke. Right. It, it, yeah, it shouldn't be surprising to see whether it's Jay Williams, whether it's Kendrick Perkins. You know, Charles Barkley has long been a critic of this, even though that might be a little hypocritical by Chuck, given his own history. Um, there have you been surprised by a little bit of the pushback that we've heard from kind of the NBA media establishment when it comes to Kevin Durant and how he's handled his business the last 24 hours? I think these guys, Joe, Jay Williams. When was the last time Jay Well played in the league? I mean, you know, it's, it's different. Like like I said, it's, it's different now. The superstars, and they found out the ability to, to team together. And, and uh, like, once LeBron started the super teams, man, all bets were off. Everybody, that's how to win a championship. That's how to have fun. I'm going to play with my – nobody wants to, you know, Dominique Wilkins with Atlanta, never won a championship. Patrick Ewing with the Knicks, never won a championship. Malone and Stockton, that was a dynamic duo, never won a championship. You know, so the the best chance to win that championship, and I think everybody wants. I don't think Kevin, I think Kevin Durant wants to win championships. Sure I don't does. think it's. Yeah. But you also want to 
play with your best friends and you know you don't want to have to carry an entire team that's hard I think that's probably more or less the, the key thing here is that you don't want to be on a team where you got to carry the whole team you want to be on a team with another great player so that takes some of the pressure off of you and that's what Kevin Durant wants yeah for me the story is even you know over the last several years the story has even morphed to a certain extent away from let's form a super team to hey I'm a good player and this situation is rotten get me out of here I don't want to be here you know it's it's it's, it's not even yes Kevin Durant would be forming a super team if he came to the Phoenix Suns but it seems like in some of these cases it's just as much you know kind of taking a look around go you know what I made a mistake I shouldn't be here this is the wrong organization for me to part of be a part of the the roster construction's awful we thought it was going to be great and it's terrible I'm ready to go get me out yeah, of but, here but, but birds we live we live in a in a world today in which a a, a kid goes to college on a scholarship, and if he doesn't start right away, he's in the transfer portal the next of year. Of course, of course. A year ago, he's him and his family are celebrating. I just got an offer to play. I'm gonna go and he like you set up your everything so exciting, and then you know you're 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 backing up somebody, and you you'd have to work really hard to beat that guy out, and you don't want to you don't want to do it. I want, I'm just gonna transfer. So that's the world we live in today. I mean, it is a very spoiled athlete world where I mean, there's more kids in the transfer portal than there are spots open on teams. Yeah. So that's just the world we live in. All right. And more on that in a second. Let me play the Jay Williams soundbite that I'm talking about here. Um, this is Jay Williams this morning on his radio show on ESPN. What I'm saying to Kevin Durant, if I were Josiah, is it's the Brooklyn Nets franchise. That's who I'm choosing. And I think that's what Josiah's tweet was about. And whatever in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets franchise I'm going to do that. And in my opinion, that's to keep Kevin Durant. And if Kevin Durant, if you don't want to play, if you want to go through training camp and not play, then we're going to have to deal with that with Adam Silver. But the only way I'm going to move Kevin Durant is if I get equivalent assets in return or more for KD. I'm not taking less than what the best player in basketball is worth now in the game. He's the best player in basketball. I'm not taking less for KD. I okay. can't do it. It's not a good business decision. All right, that was Jay Will this morning. Kendrick Perkins on his Twitter account. He didn't say this, so I don't have the audio to play for you, but he tweeted it. Um, he tweeted out, so let's get this straight. KD requested trade the day after the draft. All the bleep hits the fan. And a month later, he doubles up and calls for the jobs of the GM and the coach. This generation is some goons. Carry on, <laughs> close quote. And, you know, I was I was thinking about this. And I, I, honest question here. If, if Kevin Durant, if the Suns weren't on Kevin Durant's list, if we didn't want him here because we didn't think he was coming here, would we be anti Kevin Durant too? Would we be looking at him and going, yes. "Oh man, right"? We would, yes. wouldn't we? Yeah. But because we've because got, we hate it. Yes. And that listen, if he comes here, we're all, well, look, we 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 don't, we don't like it. We don't like the power that these players have. We don't we don't like every kid going in the transfer portal when they you know lose out on the on the, on a starting job. We don't like super teams in basketball. We don't like you know everybody teaming up. We, do we like what the Padres did? 
I mean, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, I mean, Tatis, I mean, they haven't won in a while, so I get it. Or how about the Dodgers? Do we like the Dodgers spending $250 million and getting all the players that they get? No, we generally don't like that stuff. But if it's your team, yeah. well, you, you know, if that's, if the Dodgers or the Padres are your team, you're all for it. The Lakers are your team, you're all for it. Like if, okay, let's switch the roles. Let's, okay. say, Kev, let's say Kevin Durant wanted to go to the Lakers. Oh, my God, I'd be like, yeah, stick it to him, Brooklyn. Stick it to him. Look, don't I think, send him there. Don't send him where he wants to go. Don't give in to him. Don't trade him, and you make him show up, and you you dare him not to play. But because it's us, because we want him here, we are willing to look way past any reservations we have about this kind of behavior because we stand in line. And I know I'm stating the obvious here, but it just seems to me that, that if Kevin Durant, if the Suns weren't on his list, I'm pretty sure we'd be ripping Kevin Durant today. I'm pretty sure we'd be criticizing him for this boorish behavior over the last 24 hours, but because we stand in line to benefit, we're like, yeah, okay, we'll whistle past the graveyard on this one. Come on down, Kevin, if you get a chance. Yeah, but if it ends up with anybody else besides the Suns, I mean, aren't we going to root against them? Kevin Durant goes to Boston. Kevin Durant goes to Miami. Are you not going to kind of root against them for what he did? We still don't like what he did. We still don't like the approach of forcing. You just signed a four-year contract, and now I want out. Fire the coach. Fire the GM. Like we don't like these players having like, that's that a, type of power. That's a good question. Will I root against him? I mean, because Kevin Durant's on the Celtics. I, you know, I, you want him to win a championship? No, no, I don't. But I'm also because I know he wanted to come to the Suns. I mean, that's very obvious. He wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. I'm not as anti KD winning as I would be if he goes somewhere else. I mean, at least to some place I, I, if he goes to the Lakers or someplace I absolutely hate, then no, I don't want him to win a championship. But if he goes to Boston, I don't hate the Boston Celtics. I don't care that much about the Boston Celtics. If he goes there, I'm not, I don't think I'm rooting against him because there's still part of me that wanted to see him come here that respects him for wanting to come here and team up with Booker and Paul. We, I mean, think about it. The Suns haven't been, you know, pre-Chris Paul, they haven't been a real desirable location in this league for 10 years. It was kind of cool that Kevin Durant wanted them for a while if he ends up somewhere else. Do you think I'm wrong? Yeah. I mean, in a, in a, in a way, I do. So I you, mean, so okay, you root against him. to be here, so what? I mean, if he ends up somewhere else, it's just like... You know, again, I mean, Kevin Durant forced his way out of the Nets to go join Jason Tatum in Boston. But he didn't didn't end up somewhere else because he chose somewhere else. He ended up somewhere else because somewhere else was willing to do more to get him than the Suns were. Or who they were able to do more. Like Like if Kevin Durant could just pick wherever he wanted to go, and he chose Boston over Phoenix, well, yeah, I'd be like, okay, screw you. I hope you don't win. But he doesn't, it's not his choice, you know? Ultimately, it's the Nets' choice, and it's the team who trades for him choice. It's it's their choice so it's not it's easier to not hold this one against Kevin Durant because he's not the one not choosing the Suns the Nets Duncan, are the one not choosing the Suns you see what I'm saying Duncan Parker Ginobili okay no superstar joint group to go play with them Clay Steph and Draymond only Durant joined to, to win a couple championships but they proved they can win without Durant before Durant and they proved they could win without Durant after Durant so there's just something that, you know, there's a respect factor for those teams, even if you hate them, you know, with the way they went about things. You know, the Lakers, man, they're able to get in. They got, you know, they, the Shaq era ended and they weren't winning and we loved it. And then they get Pau Gasol and they win again. So we just, you know, we kind of then the Lakers get LeBron James. So I just think that we're we're kind of predetermined to, to hate teams that are built that way. 
Yeah. And if, no matter where Kevin Durant goes, now if he, again, if he's on your team, you'll accept it. But anywhere else, I just don't think you accept it. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. You will never miss any of the shows. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast It's brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com. With or without Kevin Durant. The win projections for the Suns. And the expectations, they're still in great position. We'll tell you how coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, Kevin Durant. Watch the latest on KD to the Suns with Burns and Gambo. It's funny because in this part of the show, we're actually focusing on what if Kevin Durant doesn't come to the Phoenix Suns. ESPN.com today with all of their NBA writers, including our favorite Kevin Pelton, who comes on the show from time to time here on Burns and Gambo. They all got together and they projected win-loss records for every team in the Western Conference. And I think for the rest of the week, they're going to do the East and then they're going to do the playoffs. And I'll be really curious to see how many of them choose the Suns to win a championship this year, if any. I don't know if any of them will or not. But I have to imagine some of them could just based off of Gambo, what I thought was a little bit of a surprise today. NBA projections, 2022-23. Win-loss records for the Lakers, Warriors, and every Western Conference team. They got the Suns number one at 56 and 26. Without Kevin Durant. Without Kevin Durant. And that's why no the, KD, yeah, number the, one. The Kevin Durant, you know, rejoin, as we call it in the business there. I mean, we're, we're actually having a conversation. Hey, if they don't get Kevin Durant, I, I got a bunch of ESPN writers who still think they're the best team in the Western Conference. I'm a little surprised by that. Based off of how the season ended and the way it ended, I'm a little surprised they still have them number one overall projecting the upcoming season. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I really wonder why. I mean, is it Golden State went all the way to the finals, and you know, a little bit of a have a little bit of a setback because of how long they played, and they're an older team. Is it they? The, the Clippers thing is fascinating to me. Did I not trust Kawhi to be able to get healthy and play a full season? Um, the Jazz, obviously, you know, two years ago the Jazz were the number one seed, and now obviously they're not. They, you know, that team's kind of been dismantled. What about Memphis? Uh, Memphis was really good as a regular season team, but like that's why, like I gave the Suns. An A in the offseason when we talked talked about this last week. I gave them an A. I don't think they. I people ask the question: Are they better now? Yeah, I, I. I mean, I think they could be better now than they were last year. And a lot of people will point to Jabal McGee leaving, but I'll point to Dario Saric coming back. Yeah, they might be a better team with Dario Saric as a backup center than they are with Jabal McGee. And I love Jabal McGee; he was very good. But they may play better with a small ball five like Dario than with a guy like Jabal McGee. And I think you're also counting on continued improvement out of Cam, out of Mikel, out of even. DeAndre going forward. You wanted to know why uh, on NBA Today, a lot of the crew that was sort of involved in all of this. Uh, here's Bobby Marks. Why the Suns are still the favorites and win projections for the West. It's the team continuity factor. That's what everyone is going to rely on here. I think the big question for me is going to be DeAndre Ayton, of course, as far as, you know, there was certainly some lingering bad, you know, uh, bad taste as far as how that season ended. Is Ayton going to be a rental for the year? Does we get to January 15th? Is he going to be traded, you basically bring back the same uh, 
uh, the same group with Devin Booker and Chris Paul. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think on paper, certainly Phoenix is probably the, the team to beat again just based on what they were able to do in the in the regular season. Interesting that he brought up Aiton like that. Um, I won't play it because it's a longer cut, but I'll tell you that Tim Bontemps was on the panel on NBA Today, and he said he sees the Suns regressing a little bit, and he also acknowledged he thinks everyone is sleeping on the Clippers. I don't think everyone is sleeping on the Clippers. I think everybody who wrote the story is sleeping on the Clippers. I think there's a lot of people who think the Clippers are going to be very good this year. Just for whatever reason, this crew had them picked fifth. Um, Windhorst was on the, the panel, and he thinks the Suns could win five or six fewer games this season, and he'll tell you why. I like the Suns a lot, uh, and I think they're a terrific team, but I will say that their 64 wins last year included some of the best clutch play in the history of the game. They won so many games that could have gone either way. They could win five or six fewer games just because they play great other than astronomically unbelievable never seen before in the clutch this year. So I do think that they're going to slide back. But I think we're going to see the Suns be a different team by the Lisa trade deadline. Yeah, I can see them slipping a little bit, Burns. You just put a simple fact that they may want to. Like, what was the benefit of winning all those basketball games last year and getting a number one seed? Not, I mean, not much. It really wasn't. Like, if you get it, you get it. But this season may be more about what do we need to do to make sure that we are ready to go come playoff time? Like, what do we need? And if that's sacrificing five basketball games, I, I would bet the, I would bet that they'll win less games this year than last year, but could be a better team. Does that make sense? Sure, that makes sense. They'll win. I think they'll win less games than they did last season when they won 64. And it might be by five, six, seven games, but they could actually be a better team. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that's reasonable to think that that could happen. I think it's reasonable to think what Windhorse just said could happen, that some of those clutch games, that that kind of catches up with them a little bit, that the, those close games down the stretch, that, that they're not able to execute as well because it was. It was crazy historical what they were able to do. As far as that little tidbit there at the end about looking different, different at the trade deadline. He expanded on that a little bit. Jay Crowder, I do believe, will be on the trade market, whether it's before the season or into the season. I believe his role is going to be reduced this year as they boost Cam Johnson. And I also think that even if they don't make the Kevin Durant trade, which we've talked about for weeks, they still own all of their draft picks going forward. And Chris Paul is still at the point in his career where they need to go for it. So I don't think the Suns team that you see now is going to be the Suns team that maybe competes for the playoffs uh, next spring. And I heard that and it made me think of your long-standing suggestion that, hey, you start the season... With campaign as your backup point guard, if you get to the deadline and you decide he's not the guy, you can go make a move then if you wanted to. So Windhorse is kind of suggesting at the deadline, whether it's Crowder or, or I'll even put the backup point guard in there, they could make some changes for exactly the end that you're talking about, making sure they are the very best postseason team they can possibly be and kind of using the regular season to get themselves as ready for that moment as they possibly can. Yeah, the Jay Crowder thing is interesting. I am kind of fascinated by that, you know, especially with his tweet and everything. Is he going to stay? Is he going to be okay? You know, with a role of he, if they, you know, boost Cam Johnson and they show no signs of wanting him back after this year, is you still going to get the most out of him? You know, we talked about DeAndre Ayton getting paid. And I thought that, you know, it was a fascinating conversation. DeAndre got paid and you brought up like, are you going to get everything you can now that he's been paid? I think you will, but it's a fair question. Well, I think it's the same thing we could do with Jay Crowder. Oh, yeah. What about Jay Crowder? I hadn't like, thought about Sun- him in that terms, but you're absolutely no. right. Yeah. Well, the Suns have shown no indication that they want to keep him beyond this year. He's he's a good player. He's going to want to go play somewhere next year. Does he want to go back to Miami? What's he, what are you going to get out of him if he's not 100% committed? What are you going to get out of him if he knows that he's not going to be here in six months? 
I don't know. Or don't, nine months. Or no. nine months. Yeah, whatever. That's that is a question I had failed to consider. I, I, I guess, man, because part of me thinks that no matter what, Kevin Durant or not, that I think there's a really good chance Jay Crowder's not on this roster when they start the regular season. That I don't think he's going to be here. I, I think that that if Kevin Durant, for whatever reason, ends up somewhere else or ends up staying with the Nets, if that's what the end game is to all of this, it, it's just a gut. I mean, you're you're the one with the sources, not me. I'm just the one with the gut instinct and kind of say what I what I I'm guessing is going to happen. I, I don't think Jay's on this roster. I, I I think they use him to get another piece that they weren't able to get so far this off season. That other because I think Jay's very valuable as a trade commander. I think that expiring contract, that veteran savvy, that that finals experience, that playoff experience, I, I think you can use him to get something that maybe you don't have enough of yet on this roster. Especially like if you feel like, okay, he's not going to be happy here. Like, you know, the he's a veteran play, he's not going to be happy. Like if these guys feel like, hey, you don't want me beyond next year, like not that you shut it down, you don't play, but you may not get the most out of that player if he's already starting to think about where he's going to be playing next year and he knows it's not going to be here. Let me uh, just run through these real quick. The Suns, ESPN had 56 and 26 for the Suns, leading the West. Golden State just a game behind with 55 wins. They had the Nuggets 3 at 53 wins, followed by Memphis 4 at 51. They had the Clippers 5th with 50 wins, Dallas 6th with 49 in basically a tie with the Minnesota Timberwolves. They had the Timberwolves 7 at 49 wins. And then the Pelicans 8, the Lakers 9, barely above 500 and the Portland Trailblazers with the 10th best record at 35 and 47. They said everybody else, Sacramento, Utah, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, Houston, all in the bottom five in the Western Conference. Yeah, and I'm, it's a cra- crazy how good the West is, right? New Orleans is eighth. They get Zion back. Like, they were really good. They pushed the Suns to the brink, right? They were really good. I mean, mm-hmm. we really had a lot of respect for that team with the young players. I mean, Herb Jones was so good, and C.J. McCollum, and Brandon Ingram. We had a Brandon Ingram problem we kept talking about in the playoffs. Now they get Zion back, and they're no better than the eighth-best team in the West? Seems crazy. Seems hard to believe. Seems hard to believe. Yeah. The legendary grunge band, Alice in Chains, heading to Auction Pavilion, September 10th. Limited tickets are available. You can win a pair now by heading to the contest page at Arizona. ArizonaSports.com. Coming up on Burns and Gambo, the Diamondbacks have gone closer by committee, and so far, it's mostly worked. You'll hear what the manager had to say about it coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball is 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. We're checking in on the D-backs as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck, brought to you by 72 Sold. Get thousands more on your home with no inconvenience. Visit 72sold.com and buy Sonic. This is how we Sonic. Stop by your nearest location today for the Sonic Grilled Cheese Double Burger for a limited time, only at Sonic. All right, D-backs baseball coming up right here on the flagship home of the Arizona Diamondbacks, 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station, Game 2 in their series against the Pittsburgh Pirates last night, Game 1, went the way of the Diamondbacks, a 3-0 win over Pittsburgh Gambo, in which the story, the whole story, the complete story was Zach Gallen and his domination last night, 7 scoreless innings, 3 hits, 2 walks he struck out 8, he literally had every single one of his pitches, and he throws many different varieties, they were all working last night. He was brilliant last night. Yeah, the curveball was so great. When he had guys guessing off speed, he'd come in with 
a 94-95 mile per hour fastball up in the zone. He was striking everybody out. Yeah. He was very, very dominant in that game. And, you know, the Diamondbacks, it was a one nothing game until Kittel Marte broke it open with a big two-run single in the eighth inning for a little breathing room. Uh, so you're just worried. I mean, Gallon hasn't got a lot of run support this year. It's why he only has seven wins. It's why he only has 17 wins in his career, and he's been in the big leagues for four years. Yeah, it's crazy to think that. And Valley Sports did a great job putting up a graphic. Man, everything was at the knees. Everything was just every, every single pitch seemed like he had just right at the lower part of the strike zone where you would want it. In his four starts since the All-Star break, Zach Gallon is 3-0, and 1.46 ERA, 25 strikeouts and 24 and two-thirds innings pitched. He was really good. The starting pitching, the pitching in general, has been really, really good since the All-Star break. The team is fourth in ERA, third in whip, tied for third with the fewest home runs allowed in all of Major League Baseball since the All-Star break. They've been really good. Tonight, we will see if Tommy Henry can continue that. Your pitching matchup brought to you by Native Interiors. Your home, your way. Let Native Interiors, the flooring experts, match up your vision to your reality. Text the word floors to 620-620. Zach Thompson goes for the Pirates. He's 3-8, and 515 ERA. Tommy Henry gets the start for the Diamondbacks, making his second big league start tonight. Gambo 0-1, 7.20 ERA. Yeah, just made the one mistake on that three-run homer, but this will be his first start here in Arizona in front of the home crowd. And, you know, again, I mean, the three-run homer kind of did him in in that, that last outing. So make a couple adjustments, work with Brett Strom, see what you've got. I mean, this kid's got a lot of potential, a lot of potential. Second-round draft pick, they like him a lot. You know, a, a good, and you could do, everybody could use a good lefty. So it's up to Tommy Henry to prove that he belongs in the bigs. We had Tori Lovello on the show earlier. He joins us every Tuesday, the manager of the Diamondbacks does. Of course, the last time we talked to Tori was late last week. He kind of hemmed and hawed around the closer by committee thing, or at least making a change from Mark Melanson. He knew he was going to make a change. He just hadn't informed the players yet, so he didn't want to tell us. We asked him today when we had him on how the closer by committee thing is going. It's been great. We have a very good candidate, Ian Kennedy. Uh, you might find Joe Matzfly on a given night closing it out if it's faced up uh, or matched up against some lefties. Mark Melanson closed out a game the other day when uh, it set up well for him and Ian was down. So I think it's moving very, very well. Um, you know, it, it's based on what we have uh, back there. It's based on the matchups that we have. Mark's done a great job. You know, I think he's got 15 or 16 saves. Uh, it just was time for him to make a very, very tough decision. Sometimes I have to do what's best for this team. And that that's where it landed. But up, up to this point, it's been going very, very well. We're playing good baseball. I've been really proud of these guys. I know you took him to task about the Marks doing a very great job line when we had him on. Yeah, because he's not. He stinks. <laughs> he stinks. Yeah, but you did like follow up. Mark's doing a great job. I mean, listen. I, I mean, I'd, I'd rather Tori just say, you know, we're trying to trying to you know get Mark back on track. I mean, I, he's doing a great. No, he's not doing a great job. I know. He's set the record for most losses by a reliever in the history of the Diamondbacks, and his ERA is closer to five than it is to four. He's not doing a great job. But you know as well as I do, that's Tori. That's that's how Tori. Talks yeah, but about we're not going to let Tori get away with that. Uh, you fair, know, he's doing fair. a great job. Oh yeah, sure he is. Skip sure he's no, he sucked. <laughs> now you asked him, you followed up about Melanson. Is the rest of this year just to evaluate Melanson for next year? I don't know if we're going to go that far. I think we're just going to try and guide ourselves through the rest of this year. And we got to go out and win baseball games. We want we want to make a strong push and finish strong and do the best we possibly can every single night. Uh, so we'll we'll get through this year, and then uh, very well aware of the fact that that um, he has a contract for next year. And I even lined that up to him when when um, when I was talking to him. I said we're going to be married for. 
very, very long time. And I'm not I'm not turning my back on you. You're still going to be somebody that's going to be counted on at one level for the rest of this year. I'm not sure. And then beyond, we decided that we were going to compartmentalize that. We're just going to say, hey, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let's just get through this year, and then we'll figure it out moving forward. Kennedy got the save on Friday night. He got the save last night. He got the loss on Saturday when it came into a tie game. And then on Sunday, because he wasn't available, Melanson came in and got the save Sunday against the Rockies. So they've tried on different things. We have yet to see Mantiply in that role. On Sunday, they had to use Mantiply much earlier in the game to get kind of out of a mess in that game. So we have yet to see Mantiply give that thing a try. So far, it's been mostly successful with Ian outside of what happened on Saturday night when he came into a tie game and gave up the home run. Yeah, and if you're a Tory and you got to go by committee, look, they held on to Mantiply. They didn't trade him. They held on to Ian Kennedy. They didn't trade him. They were being offered low-level minor league players for those players. Low-level minor leaguers. And Mike Hazen decided it's this is not worth it. I mean, I've got guys with control. Mantiply has four years of control. So they just, even though Kennedy doesn't, they, you know, it's important to win baseball games. It's important to change the culture and not have a losing team and try to win as many games as you can. And you know, Mantiply, you'll be able to keep for a number of years. I mean, he's, he's done a great job for them this year. He has. Uh, and for this Diamondbacks team, they continue to play well after the All-Star break. I think they're now 9-7 and seven after the All-Star break. And if I remember right from yesterday, four of those seven losses were by one run. And two of those four losses were of the walk-off variety. So they've, they've played a better brand of baseball since the All-Star break. And obviously, as I mentioned earlier, with their pitching numbers, that has an awful lot to do with it. Now, we present to you the standings, the MLB standings, and they're driven by trucks only. The Valley's number one independent dealer and home of the lifetime engine warranty. Of course, the standings don't reflect that. The Diamondbacks are 26 games out of first behind the L.A. Dodgers, who are just lapping everybody in the National League West. The San Diego Padres, where were they, 12 games out when they acquired Juan Soto, yes. and they're now 16 games out yeah. behind the L.A. Dodgers. I know there was that weekend sweep last weekend with the Dodgers over the Padres, but man, the Padres, after all those big acquisitions, they've gone backwards in the standings relative to L.A. Listen, everybody knows they just got to get to the wild card game and win it. They have no chance of winning the division. And the, and the Soto move, is it, it wasn't just for this year, course, obviously. They're going to you know resign him to a long-term deal. They've got a couple of years of control out of him anyway. Um, and just a long-term thing. I mean, eventually they will overtake the Dodgers, in my opinion. At some point, with Tatis and Soto, they will overtake them. Time for the On the Farm report. And it is brought to you by Redbird Farms. You can't put a price on great taste. The Amarillo Sod Poodles, Gambo's absolute favorite, and they're having a bad night at the old ball yard, Gambo. They're losing to Springfield 4 nothing right now in the bottom of the first. Just uh, that's, that's terrible. Yeah, and then They should Re- not lose. Reno is taking on Albuquerque. That game's actually delayed in the top of the first because of rain in the Albuquerque area. So that is what's going on down on the farm for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Let's get you a key to tonight's game. Listen, man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. Backs keys to the game, presented by Mist America, home of the patented Mist 360 outdoor cooling system. Visit MistAmerica.com today for a cooler tomorrow. Past 10 games, 
Dalton Varsho is 11 for 34 with three home runs, four RBIs, and playing great defense, as noticed by picking up that ball off of Thomas and throwing yes. out that runner at third last night. Yeah. The key to this game is, is Dalton, Dalton Varsho, you know, batting fifth in the lineup. The ability for him to drive in runs is a key for Arizona. Uh, also, a roster move for the Diamondbacks today. They recalled outfielder Cooper Hummel from AAA Reno. They optioned catcher Jose Herrera to Reno following last night's game. Diamondbacks baseball is coming up next. We're back with you tomorrow, straight up 2 o'clock, right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Go.